and welcome to Anime Audio Commentary. Today I'll be commenting over episode 22 of Kill la Kill. If you'd like to watch along, then start watching now. So, last we left off, uh, Ryuko, under the thrall of Ragyo Kiryuin, had showed up on the Naked Soul wearing Junkets and proceeded to cause a bunch of trouble. And the episode ended with her violently tearing Junkets off her body. So initially we were led to believe that doing so would be fatal, but Ryuko has managed to survive, albeit after hemorrhaging blood everywhere. So although Ryuko has rejoined Satsuki and company as an ally, Nui is still an active and present threat, and now she has both halves of the rending scissors, making her considerably more dangerous. So unfortunately for Nui, Ryuko is back to wearing Senkets. So despite not having her scissor blade, Considering how powerful she was, even without a Kamui, Ryuko is likely at this point more than a match for Nui, even barehanded. So perhaps predictably, Ryuko is uh, rather upset about having been brainwashed, and she is choosing to direct her anger at Nui. Of course, there really isn't a more fitting victim, really.
So interestingly, Ryuka mentions that because Senkets now has Satsuki's blood and Mako's blood, it's much warmer and more comfortable to wear. Which I think is an interesting statement. It's, you know, it's not obvious that that would be the case. So, like, uh, like Satsuki had displayed making Senkets change shape to suit her needs, Ryuko is also doing that to fight off the scissor blades by making sort of, um, makeshift blades out of Senkets. And interestingly enough, it's holding up against the scissors pretty well. So Ryuko has now taken the upper hand. She's battering Nui pretty mercilessly barehanded, and she's managed to take the scissor blades back as well. Interestingly enough, uh, the scissor blade that was stolen before was purple, but now that she has it in hand, it's turned red to match the other one. There's probably not, like, a big reason behind that. I just think it's curious. So we have a little bit of levity here. As Ryuko chops off Nui's arms. But things take a more serious turn as Nui realizes that they were actually playing for keeps this whole time. Considering Ryuko used both halves of the scissors to cut them off, the life fibers can't regenerate, and therefore, Nui, for a brief instance, I guess, lets the mask slip and shows her true character, which is, of course, vile, as all things life fiber are. She manages to get evacuated by, uh... I guess that's Ragyo's secretary. But, well, she's still down two arms, so I guess that's, uh... Measurable progress. So Nui had left a bunch of covers to sort of, um, well, cover her retreat, I guess. But Inamuda notes that this was likely 
the only option they had, but it's really a big tactical error because it gives them the chance to bolster their own forces. So everybody's doing all they can to rescue as many people as they can from the covers. And in doing so, many of the people they rescue are former club captains who are capable of using two-star uniforms to fight. So ultimately, it seems like this has backfired pretty spectacularly on Ragio's forces, considering they've now given capable fighters over to Satsuki. Granted, oh, I take that back. The sewing club is sucking up all the life fiber threads that have been strewn about the place. Presumably, they'll try and sew up some new life fiber uniforms. So Homaru, um, Ragyo's assistant or secretary or whoever, apparently she rescued Nui against Nui's wishes. The idea is that Nui had sort of gone AWOL without permission and that finishing Shinra Koketz, the ultimate Kamui, is truly her first priority. So it seems like uh, going off and losing her arms was uh, purely just Nui not thinking. So meanwhile, Satsuki's also gathered up all the pieces of Junkits that had been torn off Ryuko. And they're saving it for now, but... You know, it's a dangerous thing to have currently. So interestingly, uh, all is not currently forgiven. Ryuko is still not on good terms with Satsuki. So, Ryuko throws down the gauntlet. If she can punch Satsuki in the face and she can take it on the chin, then all is forgiven. And everybody's saying, you know, if you punch her, she's gonna die. You're wearing a kamui and she's wearing a coat. But Satsuki nonetheless is willing to go through with it if it'll get Ryuko to calm down. So I guess once again displaying his loyalty, Gamagori intersperses himself between the punch. As does Sanagayama. The, their loyalty is truly undying. But interestingly, Gamagori mentions that she was throwing the punch, considering they're still alive. So I guess they're indicating here that Ryuko is lacking in resolve. 
So interestingly enough, they're willing to let Ryuko punch her so long as Ryuko doesn't pull the punch. So ultimately, Ryuko is coming to the realization that the Elite Four's loyalty to Satsuki is not unmerited. And interestingly enough, Satsuki also sort of comes clean about a lot of her plotting. And it, it really seems like she's being truly sincere here. And it's not just a plan within a plan. And so finally, Satsuki's treating Ryuko as an equal here. And she admits that basically everything she had done was a ploy to sort of get Ryuko on her side against Ragio. Or, if not on her side, just against Ragio. And in sort of giving this speech, she's managed to mollify Ryuko... So now everybody's sharing a meal and, you know, Satsuki, the Elite Four, Ryuko, Mako's family, everybody's all buddy-buddy together. So as Ryuko's sort of talking with Senkets here, she speaks sort of prophetically about how soon there won't be time for talking. So this is, this whole scene is sort of like the last meal before an execution. This little interlude is the last bit of peace before the big final fight. 
So meanwhile, the sewing club is doing all kinds of cool things. They've injected a mixture of Ryuko's blood and woven in some of Senkets' life fibers into Junkets in hopes of taming it. They appear to have a, a couple skeins of life fibers behind them, presumably with which they'll sew new Goku uniforms. It seems like they're on the verge of having a highly competent fighting force. So we get an interesting twist here. Iori, the sewing club captain, actually has a three-star Goku uniform, Taylor Regalia, and... You know, I think that's sort of something that's been hidden from us the entire time. And as far as I know, he's the only one outside of the Elite Four that has a three-star uniform. So I guess because of that, he's able to sew up a bunch of Goku uniforms really quickly by himself. So meanwhile, Satsuki's sort of giving the lowdown on what Ragyo's planning. And essentially, she wants to carpet the earth in life fibers. In doing so, I guess it aids in life fiber reproduction so they can propagate and then scatter throughout the universe. So, Inamuda, using his technical skills, has sort of, um, hacked into some spy satellites. And they've got the idea that the Primordial Life Fiber is heading over to Honoji Academy. The idea is, the Academy has a large enough transmitter to transmit the signal to activate all the life fibers that are dormant around the planet. Of course, uh, Ragyo has also taken the initiative to open fire on the Naked Soul. So, the plan here is twofold. Ryuko and Satsuki are going after Ragyo while Mikisugi leading everybody else is going to go and destroy the transmitter in Hanoji Academy before it can be used. So now Satsuki is now wearing a tamed Junkets 
And the two of them are uh, preparing to engage Ragyo. But interestingly enough, Ryuko is struggling to acknowledge that they're sisters. Granted, that would be a pretty awkward thing given the situation. Now, I like how we're getting the two transformation sequences in parallel here. I think that's a nice touch. Especially how they're sort of mere images of each other. I I think that was always the case. I can't say that for certain. I'd probably have to go back and watch Satsuki transform previously, but I'm fairly certain this was always the case. If it wasn't, I don't see why they would reanimate that sequence to make them mirror each other. So Satsuki is sort of applying what she learned from Ryuko with Junkets, forcing it to transform like Ryuko is able to with Senkets. And in doing so, they can both fly freely. So while they're preparing to board the primordial life fiber, Mikisugi and the Naked Soul are setting sail for Honoji Academy only to be waylaid by a gigantic life fiber construct. So it's like a gigantic cover, except it appears to hold... A great many people, hundreds or thousands. But fortunately, it seems like Iori managed to sew up the life fibers in time. And Mako has chosen to debut this by wearing her own two-star Goku uniform from the Fight Club episode. It's nice to see that return. I thought it had a pretty neat design.
All right, well, that's it for this episode. If you've enjoyed it, then by all means, tune in for the next one. See you, Space Cowboy.